Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and good evening to you all. Welcome back to another edition, another episode of Four Men and a Mic. Joining me this evening, the usual suspects. Dan, how are you, sir? I'm I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, I've had a little moan. I've been awake for an hour and I look homeless. So apart from that... And I've had some chocolate, so expect me in about 10 minutes to start running up the walls. Very good, very good. I, I, I look forward to watching you run up the walls, mate. I look forward to that. Albert, how are you, sir? Yeah, as I was, yeah I'm good, mate. As I was saying to you off, off camera, man, um, it's, been a busy, it's going to be a busy uh, few months, man, put it that way. Um, moving home, and like I said to you, um, my Friday nights to get over yesterday is going to, going to be and q in the in the in the in the tiling section of nice. the podcast. <laughs> don't get red ones, will you? No, no I, I won't be no. doing that. Trust me. No, don't get red and white ones. Chris, how are you, sir? Uh, I am the human embodiment of rage. How about yes. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't I, even I, snap my own pen from that rage. <laughs> oh. you, yeah. Um, Good evening to you all um, who are watching live. Uh, thanks for coming along. Good evening to you all if you're watching this on Catch Up on YouTube. And good evening to you all if you are listening to us um, on audio. This is our first uh, show of the evening, if you're watching. Uh, Dan will be along at 7 o'clock with uh, the team talk uh, for the Sheffield United game at the weekend. So stick around. Dan will be on straight after us. Anyone who watches this podcast knows that or listens to this podcast as well, knows that I have stuck up for Mikhail Arteta most of the season. That I'm always trying to find answers as to why um, perhaps everything's not his fault, um, this, that and the other. Unfortunately, uh, after last night, I'm afraid I haven't got any more answers and I'm afraid I can't come up with any more answers or any more excuses. 
unfortunately. I've tried. Um, I didn't sleep very well last night trying to think about what's happening, what's going on. I can't fathom what I lost. I, I can't fathom what we watched last night. Um, do I still think he's the right man? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I can't. I can't even process anything at the moment. After what we saw last night, yes, he makes awful mistakes. We know that. I don't think last night was. I, I don't think everything was on him last night. I don't think everything has been on him all season. I think the players have got to take a big look at themselves. Um, I think they've let him down a lot. I think they let him down last night as well. They let him down big time last night. People are saying to me that the selection wasn't good enough last night and then they tell me that we should have been freeing up at half-time. Well, if the selection wasn't good enough, then we shouldn't have been freeing up at half You know, we should... It's all hearsay anyway. Look, it's what if, isn't it? It's what if. You know, Mikel Arteta didn't miss those sitters himself. I'm going to start with you, Albert. Are you feeling like me, mate? Or are you... Have you had it now? You know, where do we go? Um, if he loses Thursday... Let me ask you this question now. But if he loses Thursday, does he go? Uh, it'd be a hard case. To, it'd be a hard case to make for him to stay. Um, I said to a lot of people, Craig, that everyone's different in terms of when they think a manager manager should go or give somebody more time. But I said when we went on that horrendous run after we beat Man United, um, if that form continues, um, he'll be lucky to make it into the new year. So we had a run of games where we could pick up points, get a bit of momentum. Got the Boxing Day win against Chelsea. Won some games, not looking very pretty, to be fair, but we're getting the wins and people were like, okay, you know what, it's good to win games when you, you know, you don't play well. But I think what I've seen over recent weeks, not just last night in the Liverpool game, um, I think it's difficult to make a case for him to stay. I think the board, you know, you're allowed to change your mind in football. I said that last time I was on the show. And, you know, if they feel that he's not the right man or the fact that we might finish in our worst Premier League position since 94, 95, we finished 12th. Um, you know, we've won as many games as we've lost in the in the Premier League. That, I've, not, I've never seen that in my lifetime as an Arsenal fan. Um, so I think they've got a big decision to make. And I, I, I personally think his position is untenable because if we don't win the Europa League, and we and we are where we are in the Premier League. On what basis can you say to us as Arsenal fans that this guy has to stay? There isn't no basis. You know, it's a results it's a results business. It comes down that that's what it comes down to, whether you're inexperienced or not. So, for the ones that sort of backed Arteta religiously, and you know, I think you're going to be a good coach, Craig and boys. You know, but just you know, in football, sometimes it's about timing, and this isn't the right time for him. This, this this is not a good time for Arsenal Football Club, not just this season, years gone by. So the answer to your question, mate, is I, I, I honestly can't see a way back if Thursday goes, if next week goes pear-shaped. Yeah, Chris, uh, you you wrote a very good blog this morning and you were quite vocal on Twitter last night, more vocal than I've seen <laughs> you in quite, quite a while, to be honest. Um, 
a snap. Like you, a pen, you, I you did. snap now. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. Uh, you're normally quite um, what sort of level-headed, but last night you kind of. I, I was quite surprised to see you, you. You went for it last night, didn't you? You were. You, <laughs> you were. You, you know what? What? Where are you at now, Chris? I mean, you know, a lot. I think a lot of people last night. Listen, look, I'm not saying that I, I'm not saying that I'm going to hound him out. I'm not. I'm not going to hound him out. If Arsenal, Arsenal need to make the decision. I made that mistake with Arsene Wenger. I don't want to become that kind of a person again by handing out a manager. Arsenal need to make the decision. I don't think they'll. I don't think they will sack him. I think he'll still be here next year. But what's your what's your overall opinion on what's going on at the moment? Yeah. So there's a. I guess there's a couple of things that are just springing to mind in my head. Um, I'll just put some just put some names out there. Um, Arsene Wenger, George Graham, Bruce Rioch. Bruce Rioch was actually sacked when we finished fifth in the league, got into Europe, um, and he had a bit of a falling out with Ian Wright. He didn't survive. Um, Arsene Wenger was sacked after we dropped from regular perennial fourth to fifth and then sixth. And it was decided, look, this is a downward tra- trajectory. And he didn't survive. George Graham, well, obviously, we know the, the background behind some of the situation with what George Graham's happening. But that team, that Arsenal team back in the 90s, was also declining too. And, you know, he was sacked because of some of the, the dodgy dealings and goings on, allegedly. But actually also that Arsenal team was declining. And so he fell in his sword as well. And things like, you know, the signing of Glenn Helder and bits like that. So I look at some of the names in my lifetime. You know, I'm 38 years old. I've known not many Arsenal managers. Um, but in my time, those managers that have shown a decline don't survive. So I'm not in the point at which... So I have... My faith is wavering. You could see that last night. And no, well, maybe some of the... Uh, maybe some of the spiced rum had a little bit to do with that. <laughs> but um, where I'm at at the moment <laughs> is that if we are knocked out of the Europe, Europa League... The league is done and we'll finish anywhere between 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. It doesn't really matter. So then you look at the end of the season and you almost look at it in black and white. Just bring it up on your computer screen and look at the numbers. Europa League knocked out the quarterfinal to a, a Slavia Prague team that I watched last night and thought, people are saying they're a decent team. They were okay at best. Um, mm. FA Cup out in a whimper there. Defending our defending our defending our trophy to Southampton, where he prioritised the league, the league, eleventh, twelfth. It becomes almost impossible to say this man has sent us forward in a trajectory. Now, the thing that really worried me, I'll, I'll, I'll stop on this up in a minute. But the thing that worried me was in November and December we had that horrible period, and I legislated for it in my mind: injuries. Some of these players that are toxic to the team, you know, there were mitigating circumstances. And then we turned the corner. And what worries me is in the last few weeks, we've turned back around the other corner and we've, mm. we've come full circle. Because what I've seen in the last few weeks is a return to November and December Arsenal. And I didn't think we'd see that. And I've seen a return to Mikel, you know, fool me 37 times shame on you, fool me 38 times, shame on me. Well, we're we're up to about 38 times with William now, it feels like. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just everything you've said is, you know, 
is everything I was thinking about last night. Dan, what's your what's your consensus um, on what's happening at the moment? Did you say me? I was having a scratch. You're all right, mate. No problem at all. Scratch away. <laughs> do tell believe- us what your do tell us your thoughts on, on on what's going on at the moment, and 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 is Arteta still your man? Well, first of all, I can't believe Chris is thirty eight. I thought he was about twenty eight. We had, we had the shocking news last week of how old Albert really is. They must be oh. using the same face cream. So I'm, I'm going wrong <laughs> somewhere. It's, it's, I like to look back at history. That season, 94-95, we finished mm. six points above relegation. 75-76, we finished six points above relegation. Looking at the Premier League table this season, we've, only, we've lost 12 games. Brighton have lost 12 games and they're in 16. Burnley and Wolves have lost 13 games and air blowers. All these teams are going to be catching us up soon. And then t- just about whether I, how I feel about Arteta, I'm very apathetic about the whole thing. It's it's like having a child with, with no one telling it what to do. You, yeah. you know in the days with when Wenger was in charge and like, like when Bruce Rioch, like Chris was saying, Bruce Rioch got sacked after finishing fifth because it was at one point it was Ian Wright or him, one of them was going to go. Yeah. And then, then Stuart Houston took over until, until Wenger turned up. Um, but then I don't feel there is anybody saying, "Oi, you need to sort this club out. We need to be doing better than we are doing now." That is, to a certain extent, they have been by cancelling the contract to three players. Never known the club to cancel players' contracts apart from Craig McKernan when he got injured, bought him, got injured, never played him, cancelled the contract. But for to release that nearly a hundred million pounds worth of, yeah. of um, um, money that we spent on them to let them go, it makes me think. Well, there, there must be some people making some decisions. But unless you're an Arsenal fan, then if I was, if I if I owned the the LA Rams, I wouldn't really give a shit what they do because I don't care about them. I don't I don't watch the foot. I don't watch much um, NFL. So why why would I care? As long as I'm not losing money, as long as my investment is going up, we're, we're, Veng, um, Arteta is is living in Cronky's house, and as long as he doesn't knock it down, he can carry on living there as long as he wants. If you look at it logically. To try and compete with the top four, we we can't outspend Man City uh, or Chelsea. Liverpool have got an amazing squad and they've shown that, that they're getting better. Uh, Man United, they may not have all the money in the world, but that they are such a big name they can attract whoever they want. There you go, that's top four. The Spurs are a little bit crazy with the money. Everton have now gone, oh, we're going to do this. Look how much money Everton are putting into it. Mm. You're looking at that, six teams. It, how much money would would Kroenke need to invest to get rid of those to to compete with them? He's not going to do it because you because it's not guaranteed, is it? And we've spent a load of money on 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 Arteta and and letting him bring his people in. We've got rid of the entire scouting system, and we rely on on stats, DNA, and things like that. We've got rid of half the people that work at the club, and now we're getting rid of a load of players. It just seems to be how much more stuff is going to change before someone is going to make some decisions and go. Arteta, we've lost 12 Premier League games this season. Uh, this is when we've got another, what, we've got eight games left to go this season. We're going to be on on course to have our worst ever Premier League season for the number of losses. We've got a goal difference of plus five. And I did a tweet the other day. I added up the, the cost of the front three. Ours was nearly £200 million for our front three of Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe. No other Premier League club comes close to that. I think the closest was maybe 150 which might have been Chelsea. And then that was wangling a little bit because they don't use all those ones for their front three. They often use Giroud. And so the players, the owner has, has given them a lot of money. The Partey thing, when and paid to bought him out, bought the cash deal because uh, the release clause. 
And so there's got to be a certain amount of the, the owner going, well, I'm putting some money in. I have done some good things for this club, but then you're not doing the things with, with Arteta because it really does look like player after player after player he's fallen out with. I mean, hanging out, um, a bumming out to dry for, for the North London derby. Every single time there's a player who he falls out with, they're out of the club. Saliba, Gwenduzi, Torreya, um, Kalasinic, all these players are gone. You look at how many players have left the club. And people forget about Mkhitaryan. We had our, we gave Man United our best player for me in in um, in the probably the last decade. By far the greatest. He, he's so good. I put him in my best Arsenal eleven. Replaced Freddie Lundberg with him. Moved Perez to the right. Sanchez on the left. That's how much I rated him. We swapped a player for him, and when we gave that player, I think we we got maybe two million pound or something like that. When we can't, we we let him go to Roma. And people forget about that Mkhitaryan deal. Um, unbelievable, terrible decisions, one after the other after the other. And I think some of the players must look at him and go, you don't know what you're doing because he's got no experience of it. I mean, if I knew anything, firstly, if I knew anything about football, I wouldn't be sat here talking to you three. I'd be managing Inter Milan to their fourth successive title with eyes on Monday being the Arsenal manager. So I know nothing about it all. And all I can just look at it all and go, wouldn't make that decision. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem logical. Mm. Why? I mean, Freddie Lundberg, there's that video going around of him saying, we can't play um, Aubameyang and Lacazette together because it leaves us defensively weak. And that was in, what, the um, November, December uh, 2019? Yeah, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, I mean... It's just a mess. And it's, it's, it's I don't see it getting better anytime soon before it gets a hell of a lot worse. That's my worry. That it's going to get... I mean, like, my fear is next week we get knocked out. Of course, no one, no one wants. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, to get knocked out by Unai Emery would be, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine it? Um, when the press conference, he comes in and goes, "Good evening, Gunas. good evening, yes, good evening," especially all the Arsenal fans. Um, <laughs> Albert, I come back to you, mate. One thing I took from Mikel Arteta's press conference, and something I actually kind of moved back in my seat to, was when he said. When the reporter said, had you spoken to Aubameyang about being dropped? And he said, I don't always get the chance to speak to my players. Did you hear that when he said that? I didn't hear it. No, I didn't hear it. No, he said that he he doesn't always get the chance to speak to his players one-on-one. He should speak to the captain all the time. Yes, um, that 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 was that was put to him. That that was that was said. All right, on another podcast, that you should always speak to his captain. I mean, what what does that go out to say? You know, I mean, that he he hasn't spoken to Aubameyang about him not playing. I mean, surely not. Sure, surely he's been told that he's not in the starting lineup. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, that that sounds a bit odd to me, but but also as well, Craig, when when he was asked yesterday before the start of the game. Um, about the team, like about the team lineup, and he mentioned about um, you know, you're allowed five substitutes, and I thought, okay, but then you waited till more or less what 70, 77 minutes, 80 minutes to bring someone on. I mean, the way that game was going, um, I don't think they're a fantastic side, Slavia Prague. I'll, I'll give them their due, they beat they beat Leicester and they beat Rangers in the previous rounds, but um, Arsenal have had a habit of sort of playing a lot of games this season where we haven't been fantastic, but we've also had chances to bury games. Mm. Um, you know, Mikel Arteta can't blow the ball in the net from the touchline, unfortunately. But if you could do that, I'm sure he'd do it every game. But um, Arteta, great. I just, you know what it is? I just, I, I, I think about when he first came to the club 
and he had a lot of fans hook, line and sink of what he was saying. And I fast forward to even the tough periods and some of the things he was coming out and saying and people talk about his, his player management and bombing people out the, the, the club. Um, you could put that down to inexperience, of course you can, but he doesn't help himself. Um, I've said this before. If he, if he came into Arsenal as a as a as a manager who'd never been in the Premier League before and didn't know the league and you know needed time to adapt, but you know he played football in his country for a very long time at two clubs in Everton and Arsenal. He's been in a coaching setup for a very very long time. I I just don't understand the way he sets us up sometimes, hmm. irrespective of personnel. And whether it, whatever formation he plays, I just it just leaves me baffled. I mean, people and some Arsenal fans are not really bothered about the subs. I, I, me personally, I think it is an issue when you have a game like you had yesterday, where you know it's our biggest game of the season. Firstly, um, yes, we're not playing a fantastic side, but you know, go. I mean, that first half, for example. Honestly, if I just shut my eyes, I thought I'd be, I thought I was in a library. It just it, it there was nothing. It was quiet. It was there was no energy. There was no intensity. And I thought, hold on a minute, this is a knockout competition of an European trophy that we could win. We ain't won too many in our in our club's history, so I want to see us win one. But that that first half performance, I, you know, when you just can't find words to describe it, I can't. I generally can't. Um, it got a bit better from what seventy five minutes onwards, but it shouldn't take that long for you to, for your players to get a reaction, but. Craig, I'll be honest, mate, before I finish, um, I've said this time and time before on your channel and other channels and my own channel that when people, when I look, I go back to Baku and I, I keep saying it, you, about six or seven of those players that started that final are still at this football club. That's a massive, massive, massive issue because if they can't do it at the time in your biggest game in the club's history since the 2006 Champions League final, why do you think these group of players are going to go and get you top four, um, top Champions League football? They're not going to do it, mate. It doesn't yeah, matter a, you think, yeah. you're, you're not going to do it. It's a, Chris, he brings up a good point. I mean, it's all very well. It's all very like, it's, it's, you know, we can sit here and we can we can have a go at the manager all night and and, and most of it would be deserved. I, I get that. But we still have to look at what's going on on the pitch. Those chances that we missed last night. Oh, any professional footballer, any semi-professional footballer, should be putting those chances away that we missed last night. Yeah. And we go ahead, we win the game 3-4-0, and the conversation that we're having this evening is completely different. Yeah. Um, great, great show by Arteta. Great to put, um, you know, great to put Saka on and Smith Rowe on. Why didn't they play well? Oh, great substitutions at the end there to really finish them off. Oh, I'll take a masterclass. That's the way it would have gone. But no, we're sitting here now saying, you know, we're wondering, should he be sacked? The players have to take some part of the responsibility, Chris, surely. I think absolutely they do. And I think it's a really interesting situation. It's a finely balanced situation that we find ourselves in now because people are starting to question the manager and they're questioning the players too. Uh, you can't get rid of both, can you? Is the question mark? Maybe you can. I don't think you can get rid of the volume of players that we need to get to certainly the churn or turnover of, of playing staff. I don't know that that can happen. 
And I don't know that it can happen at our club when you're also then binning off a manager and all of his backroom staff. And then you're obviously going to have to look at someone like Edu as well and say, well, you're part of this process and the problem and the recruitment as well. So you've got to go too. It just feels, it feels like a complete mess at the moment. Um, in terms of some of those players stepping up, we are looking for somebody to just say, to almost like Fabregas it. You know how sometimes, or Van Persie in that season, um, I know that's a, a bad word for many Arsenal fans, but that season where he effectively carried us on his back with his goals. We need that. And right now, I'm not seeing the characters, and I don't want to go all like Passion Brigade here, but I'm not seeing the, ca the characters to say, come on, let's do this. However, what I will say is that last night when those subs came on, I thought Aubameyang looked like he had a point to prove. And I thought he, he, was, he, he looked good. He I thought Pepe looked very good, rapid. Um, and the difference between Martinelli and Willian was like night and day. I mean, oh man, that player. I don't, I don't even know where to go with Willian because I said to a mate of mine, Giles, on Twitter last night, why does he play? And Giles hypothesised that, well, a lot of people have said it's because of technical security. Can I ask all of you gentlemen now, because I may, I am not educated enough clearly to know what technical security means. Because to me, technical security isn't receive the ball, five-yard pass. Receive the ball, five-yard pass backwards. Receive the ball, take two steps forward with a defender in front of you, check back, move backwards. Um, don't make run in, don't make runs into spaces. Um, don't run the line and put the ball in. Uh, check in field and look for a pass, but don't actually make the pass. I would love to know what technical security is, because if that's what technical security is, what I saw last night, then I don't want technical security. I'd rather have a team, I don't said, I'd rather have a team of Alexis Sanchez's that are going to give the ball away 50% of the time. But I tell you what, if you if he runs in a straight line uh, 10 times in a game, he's offside seven of them, but you only need to be onside three times to be able to get in behind. And if you're as good as Alexis Sanchez, if you're as good as some of the I play some of the players I think we have in our team are. Now, if you put Martinelli through on goal, if he, you just tell him, just run the line, just get on mm. and run the line, balls from deep, because this team ain't that good and you can get in behind. He probably would have done that 10 times. He probably would have been offside seven times. He probably would have got in behind three times. He may have fluffed his line twice. I bet he would have created at least one goal scoring opportunity either for himself or somebody else. So yeah, the, uh, going back to your original question, players need to take responsibility. Uh, and me asking my own question as well. Does anyone actually know what technical security means anymore? I haven't a clue, mate. I have to be honest with you. I haven't a clue. Um, technical security. Um, it seems like it's worrying about yeah. losing. Yeah, well, technical security. Yeah. If I was going to give it a definition, technical security would mean that I'd make sure that I've got players <laughs> who are technical and do the right things. Um like putting the ball in behind defenders, like putting the ball in straight lines, like and not doing the complete opposite. Um, that's what technical security would mean to me. But, you know, I suppose difference of opinions. Um, Dan, the players, they've got to take some, you know, they've got to take some scorn for this as well. You know, I mean, I was on Twitter last night and I was saying, you know, it's not all on Arteta, you know. Lacazette has, has, has run from the halfway line and... <laughs> And, uh, oh, waddled. He waddled from the halfway line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and and somehow he's hit the bar. Uh, 
Bakayoko Saka. Saka is, you know, Saka is one on one with the goalkeeper, and somehow he's put it wide. A Bamiyang from seven yards out. All right, you come at him quick or whatever. But if you stop it and ask someone, does he score? Nine times out of ten, people will say he scores. I, I, I just, and then you you go on social media afterwards and it's Arteta, 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 Arteta. The players have got to take some responsibility as well, Dan. True, does. I mean, if you'd have said to Arteta, um, to Lacazette, I want you to run half a length of the field and hit the top right corner, he'd have gone, well, how am I going to do that? Mm, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, to hit, the, to hit the bar with two players in the same game and uh, had another two shots blocked by the goalkeeper. We should have won that game 5-1. I mean, the goal they scored was just ridiculous. But I was just looking, everyone knows you need a spine of a team, a goalkeeper, central defender, quality midfielder, striker. We've got all those players. But it's like when Mike Feinberg is making one of his packet soups. You, you, put, too, you put too much water in it, Lenham has a bad game. You don't put enough water in it. Gabriel doesn't have a good game. You you, uh, you microwave it for for too long. That's a Bamiyang not having a good game. You microwave it too much. That's party having a bad game. You need to get it fine. All of them need to be working together. And once you get that spine working, all the other parts of it, Saka, Smith Rowe, um, Odegaard, all these other players, that's all going to slot in. Not one of those four is having a good game lately. Like yeah. um, Chris was saying, we need that one player, the Van Persie, the Fabregas. That was a bummer young for the last two seasons. The one that was you could guarantee game after game, he's going to get you 17, 20 Premier League goals a season. And he just doesn't look like he cares. And then you've got to wonder, how many, uh, when you're at work and you've got someone telling you what to do who really doesn't know what they're doing, at some point you're going to have to go, oh, I really can't be bothered anymore. And that's the feeling I get from the players. They're looking at the whole situation. And we were moaning about Emery, that Emery was scared to go out there and express and let us. We have got, like I was saying earlier, we have got some of the best attacking players in the Premier League. We are blessed with so many magnificent, skillful, pacey. I mean, the pace that some of our players have got and the ability. I mean, nothing. There's one of the most threatening things in the Premier League is see Pepe running at you, giving it uh, crazy legs. Or Young running at you. Or Lacazette being in, in the box and being able to put anything in that comes near him. And then you had Saka and Smith-Rowe to order that lot. Um, but he's, he's not. He, he, wants to, he wants to pack the midfield with defensive players and play it sideways, play it backwards, play it sideways. Don't. Don't do that. You've got attacking players. You run at them. I want to win every game 5-4. I don't want to win every game 1 or draw every game 1-1. One, one. And he's just worried about losing. It's the pressure of him. We're, we're tenth in the table. We're out of all the cups. We look shit. Just, just have one. Just, uh, just have a go at it. Okay, go on. The players, what do you want to do? We, 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 uh, we've got de- and this season. We've got better defenders than we had last season. And we've just got so many positive things That's about good point, him. Matt. Yeah, he's, he's, he's made a pig's ear out of a silk purse, which you think that's impossible. But look at the squad of players that we've got, and we're doing nothing with it. Mm, it's just. Yeah. It's, just so frustrating. Albert, you wanted to come in there um, on the missed chances, mate. Go for it. Yeah, Craig, I'm, I'm, I, with the strikers, I'm tired of them this season, man. I'm, I've been serious. I've said it. I've been on their case probably more so than even the midfield players or the defence. I just, you know, because like I said, we spent a lot of time saying that we don't create enough chances. You know, Bamiyang's not getting chances. Lacazette's not getting chances. You're getting chances, but you're being wasteful. And it's and it's biting us on the arse. And the thing is, that game yesterday, 
I played football at a decent level as I was a striker and that the Saka miss was bad enough. But the Lacazette one, for me, to me, is unacceptable. His technique, the, the you know, it was harder to hit the crossbar than it was to, you know, than to put in the back of the net. I just, I don't, I, I can't understand. Um, I, I don't know where we go, mate. I mean, if it's true in terms of, um, you know, the rumours about Lacazette, um, Roma being interested last season, I, I honestly don't know how Arsenal didn't take that offer up. I really don't. Um, that's nothing personal against Lacazette. To me, it's just business. I just, I, I look at the outlay we paid for him, and for me, it hasn't worked. No, it hasn't got, hasn't and, been and, a good return, has yeah, it? Yeah, and the Lacazette and the Bamyang thing. That's another thing that drives me mad, because it's you don't have to be a football coach or you know to notice these two guys, Lacazette and Bamyang, cannot play in the same side. It's obvious. You play one or the other as the main striker. You can't play them as a two. It just or, or in the same in the same side. It just doesn't work. So that's why I don't understand why Martinelli hasn't got more game time as he had. Because if the strikers were doing the business, then I can understand why Martinelli might not might not get much game time. But the other strikers have not been doing the business this season consistently this season in the Premier League and the and in the Europa League. So. Uh, mate, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, the, the lack of that chance just that I couldn't it, honestly. And, be, and to be honest, Craig, you know what? When he was going for on goal, I didn't think he was going to score. I was the same. <laughs> can, I, can I just, can I tell you? This is this is actually the move that I did. I stood there for ten, felt like ten seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was the and same. I, <laughs> do you know what happens if Aubameyang goes through on goal? I'm basically standing up like that. I'm yeah. standing up like this if Aubameyang's yeah. throwing goal because he's putting that yeah. away. It's Lacazette, so I'm like, please, I might as well have just been getting on my knees and praying to the god of football that Lacazette is not going to fluff this up. But do you know what's really interesting? What Albert said about the technique. Like you watch the replay. Oh, it was yeah. literally like an amateur footballer. He does this weird sort of spoony thing yeah. with his foot. Yeah. Like every single striker in the Premier League that I see, when they're throwing goal like that, they'll do two things. They'll either, if, if you're through on goal and you're coming through and you're putting it to the left-hand side, you close your body up and just you put your laces yeah, through it. But what they normally do is they'll open their bodies up like that. It's a side foot and you just put a little bit of spin on it and you keep it low just above the keeper's legs. Because keeper normally, I was, I was a goalkeeper, keeper normally keeps their feet down because no goalkeeper wants to be nutmegged or they they don't want to be done quite low. But you, it's, it's so easy. It's so easy. Um, it's for for a player of supposedly his talent, that was a standard. He's bearing down on goal. He opens his sh- shoulders up a little bit, facing outwards, side foot, bend the ball around the keeper. You wheel away, you're done. And you look at what Nicola, Nicola Pepe did. It was just absolutely fantastic outside of the boot through on goal. That was composure. You get that with Pepe a lot more than you get that with Lacazette. Just one thing that I just want to say, and just before, obviously, Albert, you can jump in. Um, how many of you believe that we got an upgrade when we went from Olivier Giroud to Alex Lacazette because right now I'm looking back on his whole time at Arsenal and thinking he gets about the same amount of goals as Giroud used to get but he's not the target man that Giroud was at least we knew what Giroud was and I tell you what if you had a Giroud and an Aubameyang so if we'd have had Giroud and then we signed Aubameyang in that January we'd all be looking at saying two different options there makes sense 
Um, was Lacazette an upgrade on Giroud? At the time, yes. At the time of yeah. the signing, yes. He was a massive upgrade. He was player, wasn't he? Which is yeah. what we didn't have at the time. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was a massive upgrade. I mean, if any if anyone says... that, If anyone says... Do you know what? I think... I think what done a lot of people was that Giroud went to Chelsea. I think that's what made... Everyone was like, oh, Giroud's gone to Chelsea and we, we, we're getting Lacazette. I think... Yeah, Chris. No, he was an upgrade on Giroud. I'm sorry. I, I I can't say that he, I can't say that Lacazette wasn't wasn't an upgrade. He was. He certainly certainly was. Um, he was one of the top goal scorers in Europe. I think when we bought him, he it just hasn't. He, like Albert said, the return hasn't worked. He, he he hasn't been great for us. And I I agree with you though, Chris, in saying that he gets about like Giroud, and he's probably scored the same amount of goals as Giroud. It hasn't worked out. I don't think, it, you know, it, it hasn't worked out. Um, the news of um, the news of Balogun, Danny. I don't know, is this a PR stunt again by Arsenal? Um, bad news. Bad news last night. And then we wake up in the morning and we see that Balogun is close to signing a four-year deal with Arsenal. Um, is that it. Yeah, well... Firstly, yeah. You know, turn the computer on and I saw, saw your beautiful face. He's waiting to oh. say hello. Well, I could uh, I'd be the first to tell you that the news is on the street that uh, Balogun is to sign a four-year deal, um, very close to signing a four-year deal. Three hundred grand a week. Three hundred grand a week. Uh, <laughs> now, when I did, well, I'm going to ask this question to all of you. When you when I hear that, right, that he is signing a deal, does that make anyone sit back and go, right, okay, perhaps there is something about to happen. We we hear that Arteta has six players lined you know, we hear well we hear these news stories that Arteta has six players lined up. Him and Edu have these six players lined up. Arsenal have been a very secretive club about transfers, this, that and the other. Do we believe it's happening? Do we, you know, when we hear that these young fellas are, are signing up? Because if they do sign up, there must be something in it to make them sign up. We always we I mean we heard Kieran Tierney call Mikhail Arteta a genius a couple of weeks ago. We heard Saka talk about how well you know how highly he holds Mikhail Arteta. Smith Rowe, you know these they 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 hold him in high regard. Then it's all right for us to be sitting back here and going, "Oh, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, fucking work out." But when the players are saying these these things. How do we? What are we supposed to think of that? Well, some people think Rick Astley is the greatest musician ever, just because someone <laughs> thinks it doesn't make it a fact, does it? The important thing for me about Balogun, he's been at the club since two thousand and eight. He's thirteen years. Mm. He's an American, New York City boy, moved over here when he was a kid. I think the important thing for me is that he plays for England and he doesn't play for the USA. Playing for the USA is worse than playing for an African country because the USA plays so many friendlies and so many games all over the place. Whereas the African Cup of Nations, you go there, you miss, you're gone for a month. But are you going to have a look at the number of games the USA play? I think it's maybe sometimes 15, 20 games a year or a season. But if we're going to sign him, good. Why he's, he's people compare him to Eddie Nketiah. Eddie Nketiah is. Um, uh, um, uh, I don't know, there's a word for it when you're um, 
you're, you're beating um, small teams. Oh, I can't, it was in my head. A good a phrase for when you're doing that. Um, sometimes a big time bully. No, small time, but some combination of words like that. That's the one. Yeah. Big fish in a small pond. No, flat track bully. That's what Eddie is. Oh, he's really bully. good when he's playing against people of his own age. But if you, as a as a Premier League defender, you see Eddie coming up to you, he's going to put your hand on his head, give him a little pat, send him on his way. But Balogun, he's he's a he's a big bloke. He's clever. He's quick. He's pacey. He's got everything about him, and he has obviously got gigantic big balls to say to Arsenal, "I want a good deal, or I'm going." Because mm. he's not fucking about. He's serious about playing with his career and. To, to see him get some chances. Um, just to back up Chris a little bit, I think that he had a point about the, the Giroud thing, but I think getting the bum young was... <laughs> I've ma- been writing down some stats, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what the problem was, we had a an Alan Smith, a Giroud kind of player, gives you a different dimension, attacking dimension to yeah. the game. Got rid of him, and then we had two similar strikers. You can't add that. What you needed That's was a good Giroud. Point. And and another. I'm going to shut up there because I think that made sense. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> no, that's great. No, I just that's in. makes sense. Yeah, of course you can. Mate. Go I need it. to do this because I've just spent a couple of minutes on the transfer market, literally thinking. I'm sure. I'm sure. Right, check this one out. Olivier Giroud, 105 goals in 253 games, works out as 0.42 goals a game. Alex Lacazette, 61 goals in 163 games. Works out as 0.37. Giroud beats Lacazette down in his time over more games. Assists. Olivier Giroud, 72 over 253. 0.28 assists per game. Alex Lacazette, 28 over 163. 0.17. Lacazette is not even a better assist maker than Giroud. Mm. He's not a better goal scorer than Giroud. And that's the reason. Like I didn't know this until just then. I just started to think to myself. It was more along what Danny was talking about, which was... Two different types of player is what you need. And then I just thought, I wonder how many goals they've actually scored. I don't feel like Lacazette scored that many goals for us. And I looked it up and I was almost, I was surprised myself because I was expecting to keep this quiet and not tell you guys anything. Because if the, the numbers wouldn't have uh, fallen favourably, I just would have kept, kept, kept myself quiet. But that to me says, I'm afraid, we, we downgraded. We spent £52 million on a downgrade and that's what the, the initial numbers tell me. And not only that, we downgraded for a player that probably wouldn't compliment somebody like like Aubameyang if they were both on the pitch. Um, on the Balogun thing, absolutely, the word on the street and what I've heard as well, not that I'm any kind of ITK, but uh, one or two people that I do trust that seem to have said that's a, a thing that's happening. So that sounds like it's uh, very, very interesting. My gut feel on that is actually Arsenal don't have any money. Yeah. And they've said, we're going to bin off Lacazette. Make and that's the replacement. Yeah. 15, 20 million quid. You and I talked about it. Well, we all talked we about did, this, didn't we? Did. We yeah, did. Yeah, Martinelli. Yeah. What about if it's Martinelli and, and Balogun and they've been off Nketiah and Lacazette and just yeah. take the cash and reinvest it in an Erdegaard? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I'm, to be honest with you, look, I'm all for that because people keep telling me, Arsenal, I've got money. I don't think we. Uh, I think we have got my. Oh, I don't know. It's, I just, it's been so yeah. Yeah. poorly spent. We've got. I'll go over it again. The players that we've turned down over the years. Van Dyke, we could have signed for twelve point five million. Twelve point five million. Kante, Leicester City, just won the Premier League. Could have signed him for twenty million. Twenty million. 
But we bought Granite Xhaka for 35 instead of Kante. And we brought Mustafi for 35 yeah. instead of Van Dyke. So when people say we haven't got the money, it's a bit of a myth. We've had the money, but mm. we just spent it so poorly. Now, if we can raise funds for Odegaard, because I think he's very important to us. Um, I mean, we see it last night, didn't we? How, how how important to us he is. We just hit a brick wall every time. Every time the ball went into the middle, didn't that? backwards, sideways, like you said, Chris. You know, um, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Something something seriously, seriously, seriously has has got to happen. Uh, Alba, I'll come to you just before we finish, mate. I was watching another podcast earlier. Uh, the Arsenal Lounge, another very good post- podcast. Get over there and subscribe to them. Um, they had uh, Fabrizio, yeah. is it Romano? Yeah, I hope yeah, I yeah. yeah uh, on the yeah. podcast. Um, and he said that the Arsenal hierarchy are very happy with Mikel Arteta and that they will back him in the summer. You believe that? You believe anything? Um, firstly, I, expected, I would expect him to turn around and say that because he said exactly the same thing um, a few months ago on the Arsenal Lounge um, about Arteta. I mean, you even saw it earlier in the season, boys, when um, Edu said he's doing a good job and that, you know, he's, he's sort of passionising the Arsenal fans, talking about William and, you, you know, you don't you sort of don't know football if you can't see that he's, you know, got quality. But that's another issue. But with the, with the Arteta thing, right, Um I think the only way he stays on as Arsenal manager, and to be honest, even some Arsenal fans still want him gone, is if he won the Europa League. I think that buys him a season. I think you'd be, you'd be, it would be harsh to, for example, argument's sake, if he did win the Europa League and got sacked. But listen, there's 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 big clubs that act act very ruthlessly. Even you know you might if you know if you even look at the Madrids over the years, they'll, they'll boss winning the league and getting the sack. Because he didn't win the Champions League, for example. Um, that's how a big club acts or how ruthless they can be. But with Arteta, yeah, I think if he does get the Europa League, which I still think will fall, I think I still personally think we'll fall a little bit short, I think that would buy him a season. Now that now a lot of Arsenal fans are not gonna like that because they've already they're so far in the uh, they want Arteta gone camp that that they can't see no light in the tunnel. But I think that buys him a season. I do think that buys him a season. Yeah. There's people, like, people in the chat there saying that we're all, uh, you know, well, I don't know, is it, probably um, put at me a little bit that I'm Arteta and I'm, oh, I'm interested in Arteta and I'm not interested in Arsenal and all this business. It, it's not true. I want my football club to win every week. I want my football club to be at the top of the game. But I also want to dissect what is wrong and yeah. why this is happening. Do you know, this is not, this is a kind of a therapy thing for me. Like last night, I don't know if you heard, uh, you know, people can say that you're not real fans, this, that and the other, but I, I didn't go to sleep till four o'clock this morning because I'm lying in bed thinking about it. I want to know what's going on. Chris, what's your, before we end, if he, if, I don't think Arteta's going to get sacked, right? Then there's nothing I can do about that. There's nothing anyone, anyone can do about it. The people that want him out, the people that want him in. There's nothing that's there's nothing can we can do about it. It's up to the club. I don't think that he's going to get sacked. So I'll say that if he's not going to get sacked, then he needs backing, right? But if he gets backed, 
as I said at the start, everybody knows I've backed him to the hilt all the way through the season. But if he gets if he gets backed and he spends well and he recruits well, he's under pressure from game week one from me next season. Not just you, all of the fans that may or may not be in the stadium, to be fair, if you think about it. Because so I, I was just listening to obviously what um, Albert was saying about the, the Europa League, and I, I wrote down our objective this season was Champions League. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if we finish fourth or third or second. If we win the Europa League, actually, the objective was get Champions League, and you get Champions League. So for me, as a football fan, the things that I really enjoy doing is messaging my Spurs uh, mates <laughs> and saying. Um, I've been at Wembley a few times, seen Arsenal lift the trophy in the flesh. Literally, Jack Wilshere high-fived me for the uh, the Hull FA Cup final because I was front row. I saw that. What about you? What, what, what glorious days do you have? What memories have you taken? Because we're only on this planet for a short period. I'm going a bit meta now, sorry. Um, we're, we're only on this planet for a short period of time. We only get a certain number of seasons in our lives. And if you can take as many positive memories as possible, then happy days. So it doesn't matter all of the the final league positions the stats and all of that is irrelevant as long as you've got those memories I have those memories I have those memories from last season I'll be thankful for Arteta for bringing that memory and that doesn't mean that I I won't be um, in hopefully in the ground next season if we are underperformed saying you know thanks but you've got to move on if Arsene Wenger followed up the invincible season by losing 20, 20 games and getting us relegated or 25 games and getting us relegated no fan would be saying, do you know what, mate? You've uh, you, you did well last season, um, so you know you're you're invincible now. No, all the fans would be yeah. saying, yeah. thank you very much, but you've got to go. So back to your point, absolutely, he's under pressure from day one. He wins the Europa League, and you get Champions League. He'll get Champions League money. You you have to back him. But much like um, with Unai Emery, I was there for that last game in Frankfurt. The stadium was like our oh, full. And we lost two uh, 0 It was Frankfurt, wasn't it? We lost two 0 yeah. uh, in the Europa League, and Emery stood there, and it was a wet, wet Thursday night. And I was looking across, and I had a couple of mates with me, and I, that all of us just said, "He's not surviving to the end of the weekend," and he didn't. And that's because there were no fans in the stadium. KSE could see that. There's no fans in the stadium at the moment, but when there will be fans in the stadium, my gut feel is that unless he gets off to a flyer, they'll soon make him. They'll soon let him know about it. So, Dan, your final thoughts, mate, um, on what will happen to him come the end of the season? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they, will, they will look at that and go to clear it all out again, to get rid of him, get rid of his people, and then to bring in new people, and then for the new manager to go. No self-respecting manager is going to take a job unless you've got 200 million in the key. And then they want to get rid of a load of players. And looking at the players, the form they've been on this season, the ones that they want to get rid of are the ones that are on the biggest wages that have just signed new contracts and they look like that they, they don't want to do it anymore. And we've got a hell of a load of players out on loan. The only two the only two players out on loan that are any good are both centre backs. So when they both come back, Mavropanos and Saliba have both been magnificent for their clubs. Yes. When they when they come back, we'll have the we'll have the centre back headache. We'll have eight centre backs. Uh, and we don't need that, even though he's tried playing Callum Chambers at right back and it's kind of worked. There's still, although we have got a brilliant core of young players, the brilliant core of experienced players aren't doing it. And 
It's going to cost an absolute fortune. Yeah, best part, I'd say, three hundred million to get rid of Arteta and all of his lot. Bring in a whole new staff. Bring them in on contracts. Get rid of the players you don't want and buy new players. And the man, the Cronky, if they're looking at it, may go, nah, it's all right. Well, I, I don't. We haven't got we haven't got the funds to compete for top four. And as long as we just keep finishing mid table and don't get relegated, that'll have to do for a while. Because I think he's more bothered about the LA Rams than he is about Arsenal. Mm, yeah. Last words, Albert. Go for it, mate. No, I'm just going to quickly say, mate. Um, when you mentioned that you asked about, um, you know, Fabrizio Romano talking about Arteta saying the Arsenal would be happy with him. Um, like I said, I'd expect them to turn around and say that. And I hear people's thoughts in the chat. I've seen it popping off saying um, they're not going to sack him. I think that I think that's the that's a problem in itself amongst us as fans because. If we can have a season like we've had this season, um, where we are in the league and the performances um, in big games, mate, a lot of big games this season, I can't understand how a board can look at that and not be worried. I, I, I you know, I, I don't, I can't understand that. Um, so, mate, like I said to you last time, we've had a lot of change off the pitch and people say we've brought in the likes of party. We've brought in Gabriel, but the problem is you still got the players that have been letting us down for four years and you're expecting the new guys to come in and yeah. take this team forward. It's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, mate, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. I don't know what's going to happen next Thursday. I've got more chance to win the lottery, to be honest with you. What a roller coaster that is in store um, for us in the next week or so. Um, Albert, where can people find you? Uh, Great pleasure having me. Thanks for having me on again, meeting the guys, Chris and Danny again. Great to be with you guys again on the platform. Um, Thanks, Craig. Albert JTV is my channel. Twitter handle is at AUMO57. Come and check me out, people. Absolutely. Go over and uh, subscribe to Albert, another superb um, YouTube channel. Chris, where can people find you and your writings? Uh, Suburbangunas.com or just Suburbanguna or at Suburbanguna on Twitter, where I occasionally will go into meltdown rants after. Like last night. Yeah. Not always, though. (laughs) And Dan, where can people find you, sir? Usually in the bushes around the back of Mike Feinberg's house, waiting for him to come out, and I'm going to pounce on him and kill him, <laughs> drag him into the bushes and leave him there. Horrible soup, man. Hate him. That's it. I've given up That's podcasting. It. You're giving up podcasting. You, what, YouTube what you has screwed us over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's for another podcast, that is. Yeah. Um, that's for another podcast. Thank you very much to everyone who stayed uh, and listened to us, over 200 of you. Thank you very much to everyone in the chat for coming along. Thank you uh, to everyone who made kind donations. Um, thank you to everyone who stayed with us and, and listened. Look, don't go anywhere because in a few minutes' time, uh, Dan will be along in a minute uh, with the team talk for the Sheffield United game. Don't go away. He'll be along in about four minutes' time. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we will see you again on Monday, which should uh, be <laughs> fairly interesting, to say the least, if yeah. things don't go our way. Um, <laughs> until then, uh, my, thanks to, uh, my, my thanks to my guests. Thank you very much, boys, uh, for giving up your time and coming here this evening to yeah, talk well. Arsenal with us. Uh, until we see you again, up the Arsenal. Take care up of yourselves and each other. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.